On today's episode, we discuss sports media fury for Kyler Murray, and we debate, will Barry Bond's record be through if Judge hits 62? This and much more, time to sideline the agenda. And welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott. With me is Chris and Kevin. Welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically. Nothing is out of bounds and every subject is fair game. Coming up, police investigate allegations that a fan struck Kyler Murray and will be the judge on Aaron Judge. But first, we'd like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline Agenda, get off the sideline and into the game. All right. I think we got a pretty good show lined up for everybody. A lot going on in the uh, great worldwide entertainment of sports. Of course, Monday Night Football was yesterday. Um, ESPN slash ABC slash Disney for all that's worth uh, pulled a double coverage uh, Monday Night Football. The first game was being was carried on ESPN with Steve Levy and Lewis Riddick and Dan Orlovsky uh, calling the game in Buffalo. And uh, that was a bit, bit of a trounce, wasn't it? Uh, I believe uh, Buffalo Bills, they, they, uh, they, they, they won that one handsomely and handedly uh, by defeating the Tennessee Titans 41-7. to Buffalo Bills, of course, their, their defense was the story, and of course, their offense was, uh, was the end. <laughs> yeah, it was a massive Buffalo stampede like in the olden days. Yeah. <laughs> it just made those Titans look tiny. And, you know, maybe perhaps in the minds of many, sealing the, uh, the media favorite, Buffalo Bills, as the Super Bowl favorite. I still think the jury's still out. I guess we got a bit of a jury-slash-judge theme for the show today. Uh, uh, because Tennessee looked awful, looked terrible, couldn't couldn't get uh, Henry going to save their lives. Ryan Tannehill looked like who Ryan Tannehill is, a mediocre quarterback at best. Um, yeah, the loss of A.J. Brown really hurts. Loss of A.J. Brown does. He d- does hurt. He doesn't have as many weapons as he used to, arguably. But nonetheless, even the previous game, they they lost to the New York Giants. Uh, uh, so point is, is that I don't know that the, they are the Titans of old. I, I they, they're not the remember the Titans. Well, they yeah. are the remember the Titans now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember when they were good. Exactly. Yeah. Cause now without that number one receiver, you can just stack the box on, on Henry and just dare Tannehill to beat you. And yeah, he's not going to beat you. So yeah. Tan- yeah and, and I, I Henry right. can get it going. Yeah. Buffalo definitely looks like the team to beat right now, but two games in, yeah, it's, it's early. A lot of season left. Absolutely. Stefan Diggs caught 12 of 14 targets for 148 yards and three touchdowns. That always helps. And it just looks like Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs have that chemistry finally. And uh, um, it should be uh, interesting to see where they go from here. So I don't know. Up next, they've got the Miami Dolphins. That should be pretty interesting. And then yes. after that game, I believe they take on... Um, Oh gosh, who do they take on week four? Uh, I was just looking at that uh, earlier. Uh, they take on um, oh the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. So those those should be some good test games. Absolutely. And then I think week five they have the Steelers or somebody like that, which they should of course win. But then 
Week six, they got the Kansas City Chiefs. Bills, oh, yeah, bills. I've, I've, <laughs> I've had enough of the Bills. Yeah, not on the four, bandwagon I mean, yet, huh? I mean, the Tennessee Titans had four, uh, four, um, a four lost possessions. So four turnovers, two picks out of uh, Tannehill, um, two fumbles. You know, they were just – it was just slop all over the field. I, I don't think t- Titans have a um, – I don't I don't think they even have uh, much going other than an identity anymore. Um, I think they're they're pretty much been exploited. Obviously, I, I agree with Chris with if you, you know, make Tannehill beat you. I mean, this gentleman had 117 yards in the whole game, guys. Tannehill. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. just, I mean, you're a professional quarterback. I mean, that you stink. And I've been hearing, or what was his name? Dan Ar- Arlovsky, and all night long <laughs> talking about the Bills. Bills this, Bills that. Uh, Bills spills, you know. <laughs> Let's see what they do in the playoffs. And not only mention, but your offensive li- uh, lineman coach taking a swing at one of the players or the the coach of the opposite team, you know, after you put on a spanking. I hope you guys lose your next four games, and I hope everyone, you know, gets it turns back on all the, the praise they've been giving you guys. Wait, you're saying a coach, an <laughs> offensive coach swung at another coach? I didn't even see that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. The, uh, the Bills offensive lineman, uh, the, their coach, Took a swing at another player after oh, the game was over. My goodness! Yeah, and then and they don't want to. You know, the Titans didn't come out and say what who, what player it was yet, and they haven't released that information to us. But I mean, come on, a little bit of drama. Good in sport Buffalo. there, huh? Well, and and I do agree with your sentiment in regards to it was it was slop football. It was it was a night of slop football. I mean, even moving to to Philadelphia with the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles game. Of course, uh, called by our beloved uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Uh, that game just, I don't know. It just, it's, it didn't seem like, it seemed like everything was just trying too hard. And maybe that had a little bit to do with the ESPN coverage slash ABC coverage where it was like, oh my God, we're carrying two Monday night football games at the same time. You know, and they would have like the double screen constantly, like they were like NFL Red Zone or something. It was just like, look, there's another game going on on the uh, on our other you know channel. Uh, just letting you know, it's like thanks ESPN. I know how to change the damn channel. Thank you, <laughs> I got it. Thank you. You know, yeah. um, but uh, <laughs> I think if you're gonna do the whole double thing, like make them separate. I'm going on at the same exactly. time. That's just lame. <laughs> like, what's the point of Monday night if you're gonna have? Oh, we got a Monday night doubleheader, but they're going on at the same time. Right. Just to let you remind you, there's a game going on somewhere else. So if you're so inclined to uh, change the t- channel, go for it. You better get two TVs, put them right next to each other. But uh, Philadelphia Eagles uh, uh, taking on or, or, or beating the uh, Minnesota Vikings um, handedly as well, 24 uh, 7. Quarterback uh, Jalen Hurts putting on a Hurts So Good show. Um, had a couple of keepers couple of uh, touchdown throws I mean just I I, I like Jalen Hurts I, personally I, I think he's 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 an up-and-comer so to speak I don't know that he's an elite quarterback but I I believe I've got him top 10 uh, that might be a stretch in some people's mind I understand that but uh, I I like what I saw um, and you know the Philadelphia Eagles defense was was wonderful uh, Justin Jefferson wide receiver for the Vikings was a seemingly a complete no-show um, and maybe that had a lot to do with Darius Slay, who yeah, he uh, slayed him. Yeah, he he did slay him, didn't he? He had uh, he had more interceptions than receptions allowed 
as the nearest defender on five targets to to Justin Jefferson. Yeah, so that's a hell of a game. Yeah, he he definitely um, put put on a show, and of course, Kirk Cousins kind of like cemented his seat as the most mediocre quarterback in the NFL. Right, I believe it, it is it is actually official now because I, he's got a he's got a record of sixty wins, sixty losses, and two <laughs> two uh, ties. So that's that's pretty mediocre. Uh, and yeah, of course, he's also I've, the worst Monday Night Football quarterback at a record of two and ten. Yeah, I feel like that game should have been a lot closer than than what it was. The score might be slightly deceiving because of those throws that he forced into Jefferson. I mean, Slay was just all over him. There's no reason to throw those in there. And those flipped the game around. Uh, But, Kevin, I got to correct you slightly here. So, uh, with the Bills game, it was a Bills offensive lineman that hit a Titans coach. Oh! Yeah, it wasn't a Bills coach that hit a... uh, Tennessee lineman. It was a, a Bills lineman hit a Tennessee. No, no, coach. no. He hit him with and, his face. He hit his he hit his <laughs> hand with his face. But he's suspended for a game. Ah, one game. One game suspension. Well, there as, seems to as be a both lot of teams were heading to the tunnel. Yeah, he watched her cry right across the field to to seek him out, and uh, yeah. So well, speaking speaking of one game, <laughs> stand corrected. Speaking of one game <laughs> suspensions, let's move on to uh, Bucks. Uh, Evan suspended for uh, his little dust up with Saints uh, Lattimore. Uh, he he gets a a, a one game um, suspension for his role in that scuffle. Uh, but then, of course, uh, I was also reading that um, former Tampa Bay head coach Bruce Arians also seemed to be involved in the altercation. And uh, they uh, are investigating whether or not he played a role in uh, instigating from the sideline. There, there's video that seems to suggest him uh, direct Mike Evans to get out on the field and uh, defend Tom Brady. Well, I mean, how much of an investigation do you need? It's like clear as day on the video. <laughs> you see the guy just, you know, talking crap to Latimore. And then, yeah, Evans totally deserves his suspension. I mean, he came from... 20 yards away to come over and blindside the guy. Uh, you know, you can't be having that stuff. So I'm glad he got suspended. The Bucks, you know, they're over there just yapping it up, and the guy stood up for himself. You know, I'm sure he was yapping too. But, yeah, this is football. That, that football. kind of stuff happens. And, you know, got no problem with that. But when you got guys coming over just because they're they're butthurt that this other guy shut them down for, for years and years and years, and you guys finally beat them because Winston throws three, four picks or whatever he did, <laughs> and then now you guys want to want to front run. So uh, I'm glad to see the suspension. I would love to see if, you know, they force Arians back upstairs. <laughs> yeah, right. It was, it was puzzling to everybody, like, why he was even there on the sideline to begin with. And and Brady, like, how does Brady completely, uh, you know, has no blame at all? He, well, yeah. he also kind of instigated this whole thing because, you know, he's not going to be in there shoving with anybody. So, yeah, he, yeah he, guys, he's got – I mean, Lattimore had, what, three, four guys in his face? Yeah. He's hearing it from the coaches on the sideline. He's hearing it from Brady. And then Fournette comes and hits him. So he hits him back, and then Evan blindsides him. So That's the thing, Mike Evans. They play in the same division, right, guys? Yeah, they yeah. play twice a year, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Lattimore and Evans, yeah, they've been going at it for a while. And Tom Brady's got that baby face. <laughs> Tom Brady's got that baby face. He can't get that uh, that dusted up. He, he, that says, he, he it says white it privilege. That's right. 
he he has the other guys do the fighting just get for away him. with it. <laughs> uh, this is complete aside, uh, uh, but uh, the, the, remember that Packers end zone uh, celebration? Uh, yeah. Where they were all, so the Packers end zone celebration, they they had a group of, you know, they were all kind of like standing in a circle and they were, they were miming that they were all accepting a substance poured from the football and then they all turn <laughs> in turn start falling down to the ground. Apparently that was an homage to Aaron Rodgers and his uh, experimentation with uh, oh, uh, ayahuasca. ayahuasca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was creative. I give him some creativity points on that one. Yeah, <laughs> but I did want to uh, I did want to touch on what you're talking about earlier with uh, with Hertz. Uh, I oh, think yeah. he's he's definitely up and coming. I think I'm kind of putting him on the level of like a, a Tua from Miami. They're quarterbacks that on their own they're they're probably you know middle of the pack, but both quarterbacks have both two almost some I mean, you could say they're they're number one receivers, but they they yeah. got two excellent weapons outside. So where that's really elevated their game a lot. It really so does make the difference, and it they, makes they, a difference absolutely. for. I, I mean, I hate to you know be pointing out the obvious where it's like God, if you're a quarterback and you have really good wide receivers, that that helps you, <laughs> and 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 more importantly, if you have an awesome offensive line to buy you time, you know that's going to make you an even better quarterback. And and it's right. but it's true, you know. I mean, we we've seen this for for years with with so many. I mean, of course, like the the argument against Tom Brady, babyface Brady, with the whole system quarterback aspect. You know, he's always found himself behind a, a relatively decent offensive line, if not a very elite offensive line. So he gets the protection, he gets the time, but then he is surrounded by some decent wide receivers as well that can catch those quick five and outs, you know? It's, yep. It, it, it Guys, works. Not to mention all those great the, defenses he had. Well, that always helps the too. Eagles, the Eagles pulled out this win because of Mr. Mop. The most overrated player. Kirk Cousins <laughs> sucks so good, doesn't he? He can throw. He could get out there and stink it up, throw three three interceptions, and still throw for 221 yards. Yeah, and that's the amazing thing about him. You, on you, top of you that, picking him for a Dal- fantasy sometimes. Dalvin Cook was a no show, and who led the who led the team in rushing? Mr. Mop, Kirk Cousins, twenty <laughs> yards off the rush, you know, off the floor. I mean, I mean, this game was given to uh, the Eagles. I do agree with you, Chris. I do think that the Eagles will get their division. Uh, we'll see what they do in the playoffs. That's when it really hurts them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, Cousins is definitely Mr. Mediocre. He's either going to go out there and tear it up, or he's going to go out there and throw the game away. <laughs> that's hence the five hundred record. <laughs> that's true, and you know, but but uh, nonetheless, I mean, uh, maybe maybe quickly going back to our uh, revisiting. Seems like we do this now week to week. Our our uh, our our picks or predictions, if you will, when it comes to these divisions. I think, of course, clearly last night the Buffalo Bills cemented themselves as the favorite, not just for the AFC East. But for you know the the AFC as a whole, um, and then I think probably me and Chris and probably you as well, Kevin have have completely uh, uh, jumped off not only the Indianapolis Colts bandwagon, but now even the Tennessee Titans bandwagon, and maybe we're all thinking Jacksonville because that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, man, that's a that's a tough division to try and pick someone because they, they none of them really looks too great and you're always scared to pick Jacksonville because they've been so terrible for so long exactly <laughs> well teams rise and teams fall NFL's not for long yeah that's right 
Not for long, League. Um, well, uh, so speaking of uh, um, you know investigations uh, uh, in regards to uh, the investigation of Bruce Arians, uh, how about uh, the police investigating allegations that a fan struck Kyler Murray? Oh um, the gosh. AP reports uh, police in Las Vegas are investigating allegations that a fan in the stands struck Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray amid celebrations of Arizona's 29-23 overtime victory over the Raiders. Murray was high-fiving front-row spectators at Allegiant Stadium following Byron Murphy Jr.'s game-ending fumble return on Sunday when a man appeared to reach out and smack Murray in the face with an open hand. Video showed Murray appear stunned. I can't believe the AP used this word, stunned. Uh, The press is hyperbole. It really truly knows no bounds. Uh, stunned but not injured. Yeah. I, mean, I, I should know. I should hope not, considering that he. I mean, he plays. He only plays a freaking you know oh like contact God, sport for a living, Jeez. right? Uh, uh, so uh, then, then he attempted to identify his the attacker. Jeez, <laughs> in the man. mostly happy crowd. Wow. Just again, like we're gonna get to this, but the 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 media. Um, just just the fake news, you know, the lying, blowing something completely out of proportion here. I just want to read that this paragraph one more time, you know, before we we get back into this. Video showed Murray appear stunned but not injured, then attempted to identify the attacker in the mostly happy crowd. <laughs> Officer Larry Hatfield, a Las Vegas police spokesman, confirmed that a battery complaint was made about 6.30 p.m. at the stadium. The report was not immediately uh, available. Uh, Hatfield did not name Murray as the reporting person, but confirmed the allegation was that a spectator at the stadium struck a professional football player. Man, they are just all about the victim class, aren't they? I mean, I I read, I don't know if you guys saw the video. I did, exhaustively. Yeah. And you can clearly see what happens is Kyler Murray, A, runs up to the stands in an away game, at a Raiders away game, you know, home game, an away game as the away team. He runs up in celebration of them winning in overtime, running up to the stands to partially celebrate with those Phoenix Cardinals faithful, sure, that were up front mostly to give it to the surrounding Raiders fans. And as he's there, he's hugging on this individual. There's another guy behind him who's trying to get at at Kyler Murray too. Judging by the smile on his face and the excitement on his face, he's clearly happy that the Arizona Cardinals won and or that Kyler Murray graced him with his presence. And he's trying to do the traditional smack on the shoulder pads at a boy. As he's going to hit the shoulder pads, the 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 crowd uh, 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 rises and pushes forward, pushing this guy off a little bit to where his hand literally fingertips swipes the face of Kyler. Kyler then starts to walk away, but then realizes, oh wait a minute, I think something hit my face. Turns around and starts, you know, addressing somebody else who wasn't even involved but had a Raiders jersey on, like a you know front and like oh man what are you doing you can't hit me you know kind of thing and as he's doing this the th- this guy 
you know, was a white dude, uh, uh, is is just now repositioning uh, himself to get closer to Kyler, and he starts hitting him again on the shoulder pads. Like clearly his intent to begin with, you know. And it's like the the way that the media ran with this, and are, we're we're I mean, like devastating, hitting, punched in the face, or attacks in the face, assault. Uh, I mean, all the verbiage in the world. I mean, even on Monday Night Football during the halftime, it was like the three headlines was a, uh, uh, you know, I can't believe it wasn't the top, but it was uh, the, the first one was Mike Evans being suspended. The second one was Kyler Murray getting punched or or, or hit in the face at a game, and. And then the third one was Trey Lance, you know, breaking his ankle and being out for the season. That's the third one. You know what I mean? Like, and they're leading with this. And I, it just drives me bonkers because ESPN is like the official sports network of the matriarchy. It's like yep. mama ESPN now. You know what I'm saying? Like a mom in this situation would be like, how dare you hit my boy? How dare this man, this, he goes up and he's there and he's, he's hugging on his fans and somebody had the nerve to let their hands swipe his face while a dad would be like, what the hell are you thinking running up to the stands <laughs> in an away game and giving it to that hometown crowd? Aren't you expecting a little smack upside the head? Aren't you expecting a little smoke thrown your way? Again, I'm not advocating for anybody be, being able to hit a athlete or attack an athlete, just like I'm not advocating an athlete thinking that they can have the ability to go and attack a fan either. I mean, so, but, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a completely Absolutely. different mindset. The, 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 the matriarchy leads with empathy and, and you know, women lead with empathy. Men lead with reason. And the, the, the reason in this situation is, well, shit, what else were you expecting? Running up on the crowd at an away game, you know, giving them to like, yeah, what? Look what we just did. We beat your team and Especially not expecting something to too, happen. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's one of the most pathetic things I've I've seen in a while. And that's saying something because we got a lot of pathetic stuff going on. We in the world. do. <laughs> it's kind and, of a microcosm of and I know of that everything th with the media. I know, but I know that there's probably people you you know listening to this right now thinking we're making a mountain out of a mohill, and we're not because you know what I mean. Like it's it, it, the, the agenda here is that they are trying to cascade the thought of being a victim. This is victim class. The Kyler was is supposed to feel assaulted in this moment in, in, in which I say, you know, what happened to men? You know, like what about self pride in this situation? A finger swipe and you call the cops or you have somebody <laughs> call the cops for you because you got a fingers brushed your face. I thought you played a contact sport for a living. Like, I mean, if I was Kyler, I would put this to bed right away and I'd be like, no, 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 no. Like, even if, even if somebody did open slap him or whatever, I'd be like, you know, like, like I'm moving on. I'm past that. I mean, he's got Twitter. He's got that ability of social media to put that out there to be like, man, this, this doesn't, this ain't nothing to me. I, you know, you guys are making an issue out of this. This ain't nothing to me. I'm not pressing any charges. I'm not doing, I mean, but that this is what we do. This is where people now are trained to. Uh, this is the uh, uh, Pavlovian, uh, you know, process of like, hey, this is how you actually get ahead: is be a victim, make yourself a victim, you know, and 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 this is this is where you will hit the headlines. This is where you will, <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, gain 
power, not, not even power, gain, gain just uh, uh, notoriety. And I just don't understand it. I, I, I think it would be an embarrassment to a Kyler Murray, personally. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Kyler's got a man up. Doesn't he understand that he's got a bobblehead? It's not hard for him, someone to you know hit their face while they're trying to touch his shoulder. It's There's not a lot of real estate a, there. <laughs> yeah, come on. And not only that, but it's a Raiders fan too. What do we expect out of a Raiders fan? I'm I'm surprised that you know it wasn't harder. The gentleman well, Kyler scored. Kyler scored thing, two Kevin. touchdowns and and two it, two point conversions in less than eight minutes. So I don't blame him if they want to take a smack at him. Go ahead, take a smack the, at him. He deserves. But it. that's the thing, Kevin. I got to correct you. It wasn't a Raiders fan. It's at least it's not clear that it was a Raiders fan. This guy was with another individual with it that had an Arizona Cardinals jersey on. The individual that did this had a generic gray shirt. I think it was like an Iowa college. I can't really tell, uh, but he he didn't have Raiders gear on as far as I could tell. Uh, and like I said, he wasn't mad at Kyle. Like he was, tr- he was, v- he was celebrating. He was very happy to be there. So again, this was such a nothing story to begin with. What I think the real ramification or what I what I wonder at the agenda afoot here is that why would you carry this story in the way that you did? And so many news outlets and media outlets carried this story, you know, as if Kyler Murray was straight up like pimp slap backhanded and curb stomped in the like you know in the stands at at uh, 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 Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas by rant, by a, by a, a, a you know a, a crowd of Raiders fans and and what really happened is that his face got brushed by fingertips I don't know man yeah, I think it's you, just a sad state judging off of all the uh, all the headlines that they had and when I watched the video just look at when he actually makes contact his hand is coming down exactly when someone wants to hit you or slap you they're coming from the side so when i was watching it i was like wait was was that supposed to be it i was expecting him to run up there and some raider fans yeah just side swipes his face or something yeah gives him a wrap he's going down he's trying to hit him he's trying to he's trying to pat him on the the shoulder exactly exactly and when you watch it in real in real speed he's he's you know one fan is kind of grabbing him and he's like going from fan to fan pretty quickly so as the guy's coming down to try and pat him on the the pads he's moving so he moves right into it and it barely taps him on the forehead i know i and, think uh, it's just so pathetic. this is the last thing i'll say on this and and what it is is that it's this like millionaire class worship and this mindset Protected that class. these yeah these people are untouchable that we're less thans how dare us look at them in the face how dare us touch them in a way that they don't appreciate that that they are better and than us in 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 all senses of the world word and i just i i don't like that that mindset is seeming to grow uh and yep. and there's there's a real there's a real problem you know uh with that mindset but um you know uh, we wish kyler the best and and, and wish him a speedy recovery a speedy right? recovery put some ice on that forehead <laughs> kyler all right we're gonna Gosh. move on but first we'd like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast and give us a five-star rating would you you can subscribe to us on apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your podcast product and you can also follow us on twitter at sideline agenda sideline the agenda time to get off the sideline 
and into the game. Okay, well, let's move on. Uh, from what we understand today, Aaron Judge, he hit number 60, correct, Chris? Big 6-0, tied up Ruth. So you be the judge when it comes to Aaron Judge and his pursuit to break 61. Judge's pursuit of Maris has stirred the debate all over the uh, you know, in regards to this AL record. Um, you know, should he break it? There has been a growing sentiment that Judge is clean and not complicated by performance-enhancing drug suspicions. So if he breaks Roger Maris's record, not only will he hold the Yankees' home run record as well as the American all-time home run record, but some say that in principle, he would also hold the record for all of Major League Baseball. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's a it's a it's really a tough one, um, because these other guys, you know, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, obviously, um, you know, they played in the performance enhancing drug era, and right. what they did was incredibly impressive, and it it shouldn't be taken for granted. I know they were on performance-enhancing drugs, but also how many other players were right? how many pitchers were. And not even just like the main guys, the big starters, but like how many of these other relievers and closers. I mean, we saw the greatest performance that we'll never, ever see again. Well, not only from Barry Bonds, but or all those guys, but uh, Eric Gagne. Remember when Eric Gagne had like... He went like two years without giving up a... a yeah, the closer you know, with... The save streak. Yeah. I mean, that was amazing as a Dodger fan. he You played that Welcome to the Jungle, the game was over. Turns out, yeah, he was he was juicing. So how many guys were doing that? It makes me and, think of... Uh, it makes me think of Andre Ethier speaking of the Dodgers and a guy who came in like a relative, you know, uh, a stick, right? And then next thing you know, them shoulders get wider, that neck gets thicker, that head gets bigger, the balls go farther. And then when yep. the whole PED uh, uh, came to its climax and, and the MLB said no more, uh, boy, did he start to shrink, and then boy, did he his ball not seem to go as far, yep. and his numbers drop drastically, and then next thing you know, he was out of the league. It's a good point. I want to read an article from you for CBS Sports from Matt Snyder. Uh, at first, I was challenged by this because I, originally I was kind of of the mindset that yeah, yeah, the, the PED era was was maybe deserves an asterisk, but I'm I'm not so sure anymore. Um, let me just really read this to you real quick. Uh, the real single-season home run record is 73. Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs in 2001. Mark McGuire hit 70 in 1998. Sammy Sosa hit 66 in 1998. Mike, Mark McGuire hit 65 in 1999, while Sosa hit 63. Sosa also hit 64 in 2001. During the so-called steroid or PED era in Major League Baseball, offensive numbers exploded Several factors contributed to said explosion, but the one that sticks out the most for so many people is that Major League Baseball wasn't testing for performance-enhancing drugs, and a good number of players were pumping themselves up with them. The league has been testing since 2005, so everyone now, in theory, is to be considered clean. 
These facts colliding with the fact that all six of the individual seasons with more than 61 home runs happened in 98, 99, and 2001 clear the way for the PED as an easy scapegoat. Here's what I said in 2017. I'm going to skip ahead. Um, In 1961, Roger Maris hit 61 home runs. It was an expansion year, so the product was more watered down than in previous seasons. Also, the AL schedule schedule expanded to 162 games. Uh, And then with that context, do we need to ding Maris a bit? All the stars aligned pretty well for his career year to for his career year to get him to exactly 61 home runs. Rather convenient, no? If we did penalize Maris, even slightly, it's not on to Babe Ruth and his 60 home runs in 1927. Only the league wasn't integrated yet. Can we really say the real home run record came in a league that didn't allow players of color? So you get the point of what he's saying that, of course, there's there's uh, there's elements of every year you know, uh, they used to play day games and then went into night games. You know, the, the, the season itself was extended. Uh, but what actually happened was that Barry Bonds actually hit 73 home runs, you know, uh, to hold the record for most home runs in a season in 2001. That's it. Like, can you really revise history? Can you right. really, with a good conscience, say that if the perceived Aaron Judge now breaks 61, that he then is the true um, all-time home run leader? I just don't think you can. I, I, I think that, like you said, Chris, not only were these hitters you know, that, that captured the imagination of a, of a nation really during that time, during that home run. run. It was, it was amazing time. Best time ever. And, and let's (laughs) also remember guys, again, this is a television show. It's all about ratings. It's all about merch. It's all about, you know, eyes, people who weren't traditional baseball followers were following, uh, during this period. But all that said, can you really, Back to your point, can you can you not consider the fact or, or or you know realize the fact that the pitchers were on on PEDs that you know every player probably was was taking some form of a, a performance enhancing drug. So therefore, then does that take away from Barry Bonds's eye and ability to to turn a hip and you know hit hit the ball, make contact? Um, yes. Yeah, 100%. you think so? PEDs performance enhancement. This is 100% an agenda, and I, I get it. You know, th- those are great times. But this year, if he if he beats, if he gets past 61, yes, he's the single-season home run uh, leader. And honestly, the top three happen to be Yankees. I'm not a Yankee fan, but just so happen to be coming from New York. I think that's something that we all should um, look you know, to inspire. And obviously, I mean, we've seen great seasons out of Sosa. Barry Bonds. I'm not taking away from what they did. It was entertaining, but that's just it. It's entertaining. Um, they're not playing in the same field as ball players or athletes that are playing in that are completely clean, hundred percent. If this guy beats Roger Maris, he is a single season leading home run king, and and that just I mean just to take away what Hank Aaron did in his day in his career. 
and then take away what ba- Babe Ruth did? I mean, these guys, these guys were something else without any PEDs. I mean, that's that's heroism at its at its at its peak. And you know, um, they didn't need any PEDs, and that's my stance. That's what I believe in. Yes, I do yeah, believe I, they they get asterisks. I I do have to admit it's a subject that really kind of tears me down the middle because. And, and I think also from Major League Baseball's perspective, they really would prefer to have Judge considered the the home run champion, especially with the way they've treated a lot of these steroid era players. They none of them have gotten into the Hall of Fame. You know, Barry Bonds during his stretch, he was the greatest player to ever live. I think no one could really argue that. But he's not in the Hall of Fame. You know, Mark McGuire's not in the Hall of Fame. He broke Maris's record two years in a row. He got Sammy Sosa have, broke that record three times, but they're not. Would in the they Hall have of done that because with, of the steroids? Would they have well, done that that, that's my this. point. And I think Major League Baseball wants to have everyone get back to, you know, basically the the sport getting its cleanliness back. And I think with Judge, they can recrown somebody and try and really forget everyone else, which, again, it really tears me down the middle because I grew up during that time, especially I was playing baseball back then, so I was really into it. I was in Cooperstown the year, I was in there for a baseball tournament, the year McGuire and Sosa were going at it. It was the summer of 98. They were going at it. There was nothing ever like that as a baseball fan that I've seen since. Just like Scott was saying, it was it was like a movement. People that weren't even into the sport were into it. So it was great for the game. Now, the ramifications of it, you know, ended up not being good for the game later on. But at the time, it was it was amazing. For McGuire, he hit 70. Then the next year, he hit 65. Sosa, like Scott said the numbers earlier, he hit 63 times. But Barry Bonds from 2001, that season, he got 35 intentional walks. That was in 2001. I don't know how many intentional walks Judge has gotten. I can pretty much guarantee it's not close to 35. And not only the 35 walks did he, intentional walks did he get, Barry Bonds got 177 walks on the season. So that's 177 times you're not getting a chance to hit the ball. And the man still hit 73 home runs. He was the greatest hitter I've ever seen. It's not even close. Performance-enhancing drugs, yes, that definitely helped him. But before 2001, he already had like five, six MVPs. The, the man was amazing. He, there's no reason why he's not or why, why he's not in the, the Hall of Fame other than Agreed. what happened after that. But again, you know, the, the enhancing drugs, I think I had a, a, a trainer on one of my baseball teams tell it to me like this. He said the biggest difference with the enhancing drugs – is that baseball is a marathon. You're playing 162 games. So those guys that you're dealing with little things here and there, you're grinding it out through the season, you come into August, the dog days, it's hot. You know, you're not at the top of your game. When you're on those enhancing drugs and you're out there playing, you're feeling good every day. You've recovered. You don't have those little nagging injuries. You're the best version of yourself basically every single time you go out there. And I think that's the biggest benefit those those guys got. They're fresh. They're out there. They see the ball well. And it again, it tears me down the middle. It's a tough one. For the good of the game, I think they would like to have Judge be the man as as you know, the clean guy, the face of the league. Um but I could just never forget the time and yeah. 
Uh, Barry Bonds, definitely the most feared hitter in history. I 100% would agree with that because I've never seen anybody get that many uh, attentional walks or just pitchers just trying to th- bolt by him. Like he, the attention that he got was was pretty pretty amazing. However, when Olympics in the Olympics, sorry, when athletes take something illegal as far as substance, what happens to their gold medals? You know, why is it any different in any other, you know, league or any athletic sport throughout the world? I mean, it's the same thing. Everyone should be playing by the same rules. And that way we can really um, inspire greatness the natural way. And and that's just that's what I think. I, I think the only difference is that with the Olympics, they are testing. They're testing everybody. Right. In Bonds and McGuire's time and Sosa, they, they weren't testing. So... And, Again, and, and Major those, League Baseball was ad, admittedly turning a blind eye to all of this because right. the the amount of eyes and again the, the the money that they were making off of this was what influenced them to to turn a blind eye. I mean, we've heard talk, you know, last year to, about juiced balls or two years ago. I mean, maybe even that was at play as well because I think everybody got swept into this this frenzy, this this home run frenzy. That was so good for the game, a game that arguably was kind of lying dormant, and they brought those fresh eyes, that fresh interest, and I think they kind of got addicted to that without the long term in mind. Yeah. Um. And uh, a lot of these players, specifically Barry Bonds, is is kind of a victim of that to an extent because you know Barry Bonds, it's it's like they want to write the ship off of Bonds. Not because of his ability, not because of his athleticism, but because of his likability. And yeah, he, he wasn't, <laughs> he, exactly. And he wasn't the likable guy either. And he's not the, uh, I mean, Aaron Judge is the complete package, but yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not accusing the man of anything. I mean, he looks pretty damn big and broad and beefy in the shoulders, you know, and, and all that. And maybe there's some technology there that has yet to rear its ugly head, not saying that there is, not saying, just saying, you know what I mean? And then if that comes to fruition or or that we find out about that two years from now, then we're right back where we started. Um, Like you said, Chris, the league wasn't technically testing for it, opposed to the Olympics, which do traditionally test. So it's like, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. And I think that my, my eyes saw... Barry Bonds hit those 73 home runs. It happened. It's tangible. We can't pretend like it didn't. Um, And so, therefore, my ultimate opinion is that he, Barry Bonds, remains the record holder. He played in San Francisco, arguably an easier place to hit it out of the park, just like at least New York is. Um, You know, so... You could get really deep into it, you know, on a long enough timeline where it's like, well, this guy actually, he's hitting these home runs and it matters because he's playing at this stadium and it's so much harder to hit a home run. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did I did read an article about that and Fr- Frisco's field, their left field and their right field wasn't too deep. They're like, their right center goes back really deep. They call it triples alley because, yeah, it's, it's super deep there. So they, they actually were breaking it down because a lot of the – parks that these guys played in back in the 50s the uh, some of them were really deep like 450 feet like crazy deep so they were going through and actually running the numbers on some of uh it's not exact but they were they're doing their best guesstimate and they they thought that bonds would have ended up at like i think it was like 69 like it didn't make that much of a difference 
but they're like, yeah, probably wouldn't have been a home run in this park at, at this time, but in this one, it would have been. So you can always play those games. Absolutely. So, so final say then, uh, what do you, what do you, so if, 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 when Aaron judge breaks 61, is, is he the, uh, new all time, uh, holder there, uh, Chris? I think you got to judge these guys against who they played, the era they played in. And, oh man, it's, it's tough, but I would have to stick with bonds being the man. Kevin. Yes. Judge will be will go down if he hits it. He will go down as the league leading season home run record holder. Yeah, and I gotta say that uh, uh, it's it's still Barry Bonds. So uh, there you go. Uh, court court is now lo- no longer in session. <laughs> we we were the judge on judge how about that hit the gavel well judge you, you better hit two more home runs it's <laughs> that's a new right. point he, that's right well and then just to re- real quick before we go you know all this talk about peds and all of this kind of stuff and then you've got uh albert Pujols who uh might uh, uh hit uh seven home hit the seven home run mark uh it's looking 700 uh, looks, yeah. yeah 700 uh, looking kind of far off but there's been whisper people are going wow Pujols Holst looks younger. He looks like a brand new. I don't know. Maybe he's out of stem cell in it or something like that. So it just doesn't end, does it? You, and, you know, uh, I will say, I think if Pujols never left the Cardinals for the Angels, I, I think he just hits better in the National League for whatever reason. Yeah. And he's proven that. And he might have gotten another 30, 40 home runs over these these past 12 years. But I mean, who knows? He he might be like getting really close to the all time record, or getting close to to uh, uh, Hank Aaron. I, I don't think he would have gotten there, but it would have been interesting. But yeah, I would like to see him hit seven hundred. Join. I my would club. too. Do you he think he'll do it? it. He's uh, he's I mean, twelve him. twelve I mean, cents August. If uh, they play him, I think he could do it. You yeah. know, they got like 14, 15 games left. I think he could ding two more. You know, the guys will, especially at the end of the season. I think they'll probably loft up a couple to him and and and. <laughs> trying to help him get there because he's really loved around the league that's true give him the old uh, courtesy ball well uh hopefully he does it and uh, it should be good to, or should be interesting to see how how uh, um you know what the talk of the town is uh should uh, judge uh pass maris is 61 um and uh yeah Pujols hitting that 700 would be great to see as well all right that's going to do it for us here thank you so much for listening to sideline the agenda And please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review and share the show with your friends. That helps out as well. My name is Scott. With me is Kevin, and that is Chris. This was Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game.